Hey guys, Jack here. With so many sports going on, it there's so much right now. Major League Baseball playoffs are starting up. We talk about that today. NFL is back in action. College football. We have the Stanley Cup, the NBA Finals. What better time to rep your team? That's why you should go over to Fanatics. Go to jackvita.com slash fanatics. Pick up some apparel to rep your team this season. There's so much going on. Again, jackvita.com slash fanatics, or click on one of the ad banners on the site. And whenever you do that, this podcast is funded. In addition to that, if you're looking to catch your Sunday NFL games on CBS or your SEC football on Saturdays and you don't have cable, Get CBS All Access. You can watch live TV on there. You can watch a number of hit shows from the CBS library. Lots of classics on there. I watch a lot of Survivor. Good good place to watch Survivor. I've been watching Big Brother on there. I watch MTV's The Challenge. There are a number of other great shows. Everybody Hates Chris is on there. That's right. CBS merged with Viacom, so there are over 70-plus Viacom properties that made it over to CBS All Access recently, you should sign up, go to jackvita.com slash CBS, get a one-week free trial, and if you want to keep it $5.99 a month, it's a great deal. I use it every night. I love it very much, and I highly recommend it for all of you. And once again, that will also fund this podcast. Go to jackvita.com slash CBS. And now let's get to today's show. What's up, y'all, and welcome in to the Jack Vita Show. I'm your host, Jack Vita, back in action here on Monday, September 28, 2020. Boy, do we have a lot of sports to talk about today. Major League Baseball playoffs beginning tomorrow. College football, biggest Saturday we've had in college football thus far. I have a man who is going to join me in a second, but before I bring him in, If you didn't hear our last episode, I had a great conversation about the state of the game of baseball with Mario Lanza, who is always a fabulous guest. Very interesting conversation. We talked a little bit of Saturday Night Live and Survivor as well. So after you finish this episode, you may want to go back and listen to that one. Coming up next week, I'm going to speak with Joey Ricotta. He's a blogger over at the Score Crow, covers a lot of Major League Baseball and NFL. He'll look back at the first round of the playoff card round and preview the NL and ALDS. But let's preview the wild card rounds now. Let's get into it. We have a wild week of sports coming, and I have a wild guy joining me right now. He's been on the podcast. I think this is appearance number five, I want to say. Chad Vaughtherine. How are you, Chad? Jack, I'm doing so well. Yeah, yeah, I guess appearance number five, which doesn't seem like it's that many, but also, I, I don't know. But anyways, point is, I always love coming on this show, Jack. You know that. I always express that. And if, you know, for the listeners, if you remember last time, I was coming off of a pretty major jaw surgery. So hopefully <laughs> this uh, 
this show, I'll speak a little more clearly and yeah, maybe be a little bit more wild. I appreciate, I appreciate that comment as well because I like to be described as wild. So (laughs) (laughs) Chad, did you follow at all the greatest kids show of the two thousands bracket that we were running for this podcast on jackvita.com? It took place over five weeks and last week we crowned a champ. I followed initially because uh, I think we did kind of talk inside about it and you sent me the bracket, but I'm not a huge, huge into social media. So I haven't, I, I, I don't know who won, uh, who, who, who did, who ended up winning the bracket or, or which show? I mean, SpongeBob, SpongeBob defeated Drake and Josh by oh. a slim margin of two votes. It was 70 <laughs> to 68. Dude. Oh, oh man. <laughs> I, I think that's fair. I mean, so many people watch SpongeBob, but I would hope you and maybe you and I agree that Drake and Josh is far superior yes. than SpongeBob. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I knew you would say that, but yeah. Hey, I I'll, I'll give it to SpongeBob. SpongeBob is very iconic, so for sure. I, you know, nothing against that, but yeah, I disagree though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you can go back and listen to that episode uh, yes. from last week. I had Rachel Gerhart and Jacob Schoon, and we looked at the whole bracket about a lot of two thousands nostalgia. It was a lot of fun. Chad, we have so much sports to discuss today. And f- before we get into the meetings, I just am going to taunt you a little bit. My football team beat your football team yesterday. Mm. Yes, I, you know, I, I don't even, yeah, see, that's the thing. I don't even really claim my football team that you're <laughs> into anymore. So I, but um, yeah, no, I, I did see that. I mean, you're, you know, I know you're a big Steelers fan. Three, you know, yeah, yeah. In, in the Texans who halfway claim oh and three now. So <laughs> we were last place in the, in the AFC South division. So got off the ship you know, at the right time. <laughs> I, yeah, I no seriously, I did. And I, I think I've discussed with you before. I'm thinking about maybe hopping on the Browns. Oh, don't do it. I, I <laughs> don't do it. Uh, it's, it's it's tempting though. It it really is tempting. Uh, Baker May but Baker Mayfield's my backup quarterback, and then my starting quarterback is actually Kyler Murray. And <laughs> with and with my future plans, I'm actually uh, potentially hoping to attend Arizona State for grad school. It's one of my top choices, and so it would make sense to jump on the Cardinals train now, especially if I end up in Phoenix next year. And I and I'm a big fan of Kyler Murray, so honestly. <laughs> I'm looking at that team right now, especially if they also have a former Texan in, the, in DeAndre Hopkins. So it, it all the pieces kind of add up. But currently, don't have an NFL team that I claim. So Kingsbury too, and, and Kingsbury as well. Yeah, Kingsbury is a fantastic coach. So I mean, they have a lot going for them over there in Arizona, and they're they've been doing pretty well so far. And I could claim the Cowboys a little bit, especially uh, with me being in the DFW area for the past four years. And CD Lamb also went to my high school. Yeah, but. But there's just there's just something about it. I, I I can't. I mean, they're the Cowboys. I mean, they. Yeah, I can't do it. I don't. I just don't think I can do it right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, Chad! I thought you were going to say that you were applying for Oklahoma when you brought up Baker and then Kyler back to back. Yeah, it's I, I, which I'm sure a lot of people would be surprised if I did it. But yeah, o- Oklahoma has a good, pretty good program for for broadcast journalism, graduate school. But it, I don't know, I, I just don't see myself going there. Actually, I Arizona State has a very great program, and so, and I, I want to get away. I, I kind of want to, you know, go somewhere new. And I've never been to the West. And you got Herm at Arizona State, so 
Yes, yes, exactly. That's a so, program on the rise. Pac-12 is coming back. And last year, I remember, did you watch that Oregon and um, Arizona State game last year? Yes, I yes, I did actually. Yeah. That that is Arizona State is on the rise. They and they they recruit heavily from the West like some of the best West Coast products co- go to Arizona State. Arizona the Wildcats or University of Arizona, they also they get a lot of similar recruits and they do a pretty good job, especially with Herm now. And so I think yeah, their program is on the rise and they're fantastic baseball program, fantastic uh, basketball program as well, but I think they have a couple more years before they become a lead in the Pac-12. But yeah, I think I would agree with you on that, though. Look out for quarterback Jaden Daniels. Uh, he balled out against Oregon last year mm-hmm. in a huge game. Uh, he looked much better than Justin Herbert in that game, and Justin Herbert is now an NFL quarterback. He was a first-round pick. Yeah. So I, I'm buying stock in that program, and he's only a sophomore, too, I believe. Yes, I, I believe so. And, and Justin Herbert, is he's looked really good in the NFL so far. He almost beat the Chiefs, you know, if so... Yeah. If the Chiefs didn't, if their kicker didn't uh, kick three field goals, you know, I mean, I think one of them was they called a timeout, they iced him, and then in that Chiefs-Chargers game, they iced him, then something else disrupted the play, maybe a penalty, and then he he nailed that. Like It was like a 60-yard or 58-yard. Yeah, 58. Oh, my gosh, that was insane. But, I mean, but yeah, but Herbert, he was toe-in-toe with Mahomes and, um, and the Chiefs in that game, so I, I applaud him on that, but... Yeah, ASU, point is ASU on the rise. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, Chad, Saturday was an unbelievably great sports day. There were college football games all day long. SEC got going, and it truly, it was a beautiful fall day here in Chicago. It was about 75 degrees with a nice cool breeze, and it had that fall smell out. Side and I'm personally not even a huge proponent of fall. I'm a bigger summer guy, but when you have days like that, just oh my gosh! So college football all day long, and then the crosstown classic with the Cubs and the White Sox. Uh, really great, really funny game. There was a huge gust of wind. Just an awesome, awesome sports day. And by the time I came home, I went over to a friend's house to watch that baseball game outside. By the time I came home. Uh, Stanley Cup final game was done double overtime yes. and uh, was able to catch the end of that. It was ridiculous, the amount of sports. Yeah, I mean, I think, again, like we I think we mentioned it in our previous episode a couple months ago. This time of the year, especially in the month of October, is going to be packed. Like, we're not going to know what to watch. Every single TV network, sports network is going to be fighting over viewers because there's so there's so much to watch. And so this is like the most exciting time of the year. And, you know, you know, COVID, it, it, it helps that it, it, you know, more eyeballs are going to be glued on sports over these next couple of weeks, especially, and then going into the month of October. So there's too much to talk about. <laughs> and it's really, Chad, it's coming at a perfect time, too, because, I mean, right now it's election season and people are mm-hmm. kind of losing their minds on social media. Yeah. And so to be able to have chances where there are big games on, where people are instead tweeting about you know, there's more of a communal aspect to everyone sort of watching a game together yes. rather than uh, the presidential debate tomorrow. I'm sure will be also a big event. Yes. But yeah, no, it kind of we need distractions <laughs> and we need stuff that's fun. So I'm really excited about that. Yes. <laughs> 
All right, what'd you watch on Saturday? Who are you keeping an eye on? Uh, TCU played their first home game. Who who are you watching on Saturday, Chad? Yeah, so I did end uh, the TCU game because it was here in Fort Worth, uh, where I am right now, and uh, we hosted Iowa State. And I don't know how much you know about TCU football, but I'm sure you probably know quite a bit. Uh, our, you know, our standout quarterback, Max Duggan, did not play at all in the first half, and that definitely affected TCU's offense and TCU's defense is normally the, you know, first or ranked first or second in all of the big 12. Uh, yeah. but I wouldn't say that TCU's defense underperformed necessarily, but really Iowa state had a couple of good running backs and, uh, Brock Purdy, their quarterback, he, he played a really great game as well. And so Iowa state just, they just outdid TCU with Max Duggan only playing one half. He he really had one of the best performances in all of college football. But playing one half, I I think I was uh, looking at the stats earlier this morning. He went like sixteen for nineteen, if I recall, uh, a little over two hundred yards and a couple touchdowns. And just in one half of play, pretty. Uh, I'm not worried about TCU, and especially it back in their Rose Bowl uh, year in 2010, 20, those 2011 seasons as well. They they yeah. lost the first game and then went on like a ten game winning streak. That's just how that's just how TCU <laughs> does it. Sometimes they do it in their own fashion, and so I'm not worried <laughs> about them. But I did watch TCU. I watched some other Big Twelve games as well, especially uh, Oklahoma and Kansas State. That it that was a very exciting game. Oh uh, yeah, te- the UT and Texas Tech game was also uh, that, that was a basketball game. Really, <laughs> two blocked punts yeah. in the first yes. half. <laughs> yeah no seriously and then i don't know if you saw but there was a there's a guy for baylor um they played kansas and a guy from baylor had two uh return touchdowns uh kickoff return touchdowns in the, in, oh, wow. in the same game first game so i mean you never see that you know almost the the person who leads college football for the season and returns uh for touchdowns will usually have two or three but in the first game so there's a lot of stuff going on in the big 12 this weekend but um, primarily I watched TCU in the Kansas state Oklahoma game was a huge one for me as well. That was a, an unbelievable game. That was a great game. <laughs> yes. And again, it felt like the most normal Saturday that I had had mm. in six or seven months just to have college football games on all day long. It was such a delight. And, uh, what'd you think of that Oklahoma quarterback? <laughs> I believe he's a sophomore, yes. and there's been a lot of hype on him, but mm-hmm. I, he threw two or three picks, I want to say. Yeah, uh, yeah, he had four touchdowns, but I believe he had three picks. And so um, I've, I've actually followed Spencer Rattler quite a bit because he was uh, formerly the number one uh, QB in his class two years ago. So, yeah. so he's a true sophomore and now starting for Oklahoma. And, you know, he fits the similar mold of, you know, of Baker and, and Kyler Murray. And, um, has qualities similar to Jalen Hurts as well from last year, and so he's. I mean, he's the bre- he's the bread and butter of the offense. He and he's he was supposed to you know expected to you know have you know at eleven and 0, 10 and ten and 0, however many games are playing season this year, but uh, it's going to happen in college football. It's going to happen, and I wouldn't say that you know three picks not great, but Kansas State had a they phenomenal game as well. So I mean, really, you, you can't really blame or put all the blame on Spencer Rattler, but, I mean, Kansas State did really well. I mean, Skylar Thompson, who's Kansas State's quarterback, uh, rushed for three touchdowns. <laughs> uh, he also threw for almost 350 yards, and Deuce Vaughn uh, had a huge game as well for Kansas State. But, 
uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't knock, um, I wouldn't knock Spencer just quite yet. No, nah, it's just one game. Joel Klatt compared his arm talent to that of Patrick Mahomes, and he made some throws in that game where you saw that. You're like, man, this guy's got a can. And now that doesn't mean that he is Patrick Mahomes, but because there's a lot more that goes into it than mm-hmm. just the arm talent and how hard yes. you can throw and what kind of throws you can make. But, I mean, you, there's no denying how talented that guy is, and mm-hmm. I would expect him to continue to improve with more seasoning. Yes. No. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, really, if you just from, you know, the eye test, he kind of he looks like Patrick Mahomes when he's throwing it because he can make those throws on the run. He can make yeah. those kind of sidearm type of passes to where, like, I mean, he he, he was a, a baseball player at some point in his career or in his prep career. And so similar to Patrick Mahomes, like he has that athletic arm to where he can make those, you know, unorthodox throws outside of the pocket. And so, I mean, he he has very similar tools to Mahomes. A uh, little bit undersized compared to Mahomes, I think, but still, he's he's going to grow. He's only, what, 19 years old? So, I mean, for his skill and talent level at this young of age, I think he, he has a lot of potential to be a first-rounder one day. Oh, absolutely. And I guess another big upset from the weekend, big game, LSU lost by 10, 44-34 <laughs> against Mississippi State. I don't yeah. know if you caught any of that game, but... I mean, LSU lost a lot from their team last year. A lot of the guys are not back. Yes, yes. I, I actually did catch. I, I, I watched the highlights of it, and uh, I saw K, uh, KJ Costello, who had a great game. And uh, you know, obviously, LSU is not the same team as they were last year, but it's still that's still an LSU defense. That is still an LSU offense, and that's still L, it's LSU. I mean, they're still a top 10 team in the country. And so, you know, to play like that when you're Mississippi State with some more guys who are a little bit inexperienced compared to some of the LSU players. I mean they they were they're phenomenal. That it's I, I was kinda shocked. I was like, wow, is this an upset or not? Because <laughs> at first I was like, well, <laughs> yes, but if you really break it down, it's not. I, I it's not an upset. I mean yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if LSU fell towards the bottom of the rankings uh, as we move forward, especially with the way Alabama's been playing, especially um, with Georgia's okay performance, I guess, but uh, was Tennessee picked up yes, a win? Tennessee, yeah, Tennessee as well. Auburn, yeah. So I mean, the SEC is they're they're coming out to play this year. So every year, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, but but, but you know, it's it's not top. I don't think it's going to be a top heavy conference this year. Where it's not just going to be Alabama, Georgia, and, yeah. you know, at the top, and then everybody else at the bottom. I think it's going to be more well-rounded and you know Kentucky Kentucky has a great they have they have a great football team as well they can hang like yeah they they stuck around with Auburn so I mean yeah this I wouldn't be surprised if LSU finishes you know 21st 19th you know towards the end of the season so I would not be surprised at all they might not even be the highest ranked team in the state of Louisiana this year (laughs) so yeah yeah seriously I mean yeah in that also Cajuns I, I I know which that that hurt me that you bring that up because the Raging Cajuns defeated Iowa State a couple weeks ago, and then of course <laughs> Iowa State defeated TCU. So what we're saying is, you know, ULL is a better team than TCU, which traditionally not the case. But this season is 2020. We don't know. So, <laughs> but yeah, you're you're definitely right about that. The Raging Cajuns. The Raging Cajuns do have one of the best baseball programs in the country. Yeah. Uh, one of yeah by far. But 
um, not traditionally a, a football school at all. So <laughs> that'd be like Dallas Baptist just deciding, you know what? We're going to D one football this year, and we're going to be <laughs> number nineteen in the country. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, the SEC. You mentioned it. SEC is so awesome to watch this year because, in college football as a whole, look. Obviously, we want a regular normal season, and we want to be able to see some of those ACC, SEC rivalries, some of those out-of-conference Florida, Florida State games. They're not happening this year, unfortunately. But the, the positive is we sort of, with some of these conferences, we're sort of jumping ahead. We're getting, we're uh, trimming the fat off of the bone here because we're not getting those weeks where Alabama plays Citadel. Instead, we're getting these big, you know, <laughs> SEC 10 games, just SEC all year long. And then I think will be really interesting when the Big Ten gets going. Do you think, I mean, I, th- I was talking about this the other day with my friend, I think the Big Ten team will get into the playoffs just because it's it's going to be significantly easier to come out of the Big Ten with an eight and zero or a seven and one, and then you're going to be looking over at the SEC that may have cannibalized itself. Mm. That there might only be one SEC team in these playoffs. Right, right, and I mean, I, I think if there is going to be a Big Ten team, it's gonna. I mean, I think it will be Ohio State or Penn State, but yeah. probably leaning more to- towards Ohio State, especially. Uh, you know, they, I mean, I think they're ranked what second or third at one point, and they're still they're still in the top ten without playing game. But I mean, that's because they have a lot of returners coming back on their defense, and they also have likely the number two pick in the draft uh, under shock or under center. And so, uh, yeah, I, I would say Ohio State probably has uh, just as good of a chance, even if they only do end up playing seven games, to still make the playoffs. Because right now, looking at top. 25 three out of the the four uh four the top four teams are sec teams and then you have clemson at the top who clemson by the way did play citadel (laughs) yes Uh, they did so so (laughs) they're an outlier in that but um yeah i mean but the reality is there's not going to be three teams coming from the sec making the playoffs because they have to play each other at some point so um yeah i i do i i agree with you. i do think ohio state will more likely get a number two or three spot for the playoffs yeah acc has played some out of conference they each i think they each play one out of conference i want to mm-hmm. say but um yeah. yes yeah no but thankfully alabama it's gonna be a tougher schedule for them mm-hmm. uh so that'll be really fun to watch those conferences just slug it out and go at each other it's gonna be a lot of fun to keep an eye on chad we gotta talk some baseball Oh, and yes. as awesome as Saturday was sports wise, Sunday was just as good. Um, I don't know if I'd say it was better, but it, one could make a case that it was better. Sunday, it was pretty much week 17 of the NFL season in baseball form. And I'm not, I'll, I'll describe these playoffs and this baseball season as the most amount of fun that I never want to have. <laughs> I'd like to go back to the way things were. I think that, you know, you don't want 16 teams making the playoffs in a regular season, but for what season is, this is going to be so fun. And what ended up happening yesterday was going into the day, there were spots up for grabs. And really, when you have eight teams making the playoffs, there's a lot that can happen. The White Sox could end up anywhere between a seven and a two seed. So it's just a number of games all going on at the same time. 
MLB Network has the live look-ins, so it's sort of like the NFL Red Zone channel, only better you have to pay for it. Right. So we had just an unbelievable, just a really great baseball day yesterday. And for, hey, NFL fans, plenty NFL out there as well, of course. We can't ignore the NFL, but for right now, it's baseball time, baby. Yeah. Yes. No, seriously. It's, yesterday was I enjoyed watching a lot of baseball today, and I flipped in between football and in baseball yesterday, especially the Astros. I mean, we we had already clinched the playoff spot, um, but they were the Rangers and they were in Arlington while playing. So I got to watch that on on a real TV, which was nice. But uh, normally, if I try to watch on my computer or something, it's it's blacked out. But yeah, uh, MLB MLB also is doing a. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but for I think maybe college, maybe it was they're doing a free. Yep. Um, a free subscription for all games. So that's been a blessing because I've gotten to keep up with all the games, which normally when I'm here in college, I, I only get to listen on the radio, but um, yeah, huge day for baseball yesterday. And again, it's, I, I never want, I hope we don't have another 60 game season anytime soon, or at least in our lifetimes again, because it's, it was harder to watch for me. It was harder to want to keep up because mm-hmm. I just, I think we both know how untraditional the season was. And so yeah. it just, it doesn't seem right. It still, it still just doesn't seem right, which it's not, but they had to do what they had to do. And so, especially you and I both know that a baseball season, it takes a long time for teams to find their groove. It takes a long time for hitters to, you know, either enter slumps or come out of slumps. It takes a long time for pitchers to really prove, you know, is, is Shane Bieber a legit, you know, ace and he proved that yeah. in 60 games, but would he prove that in 162 games? We don't know. So, yeah. again, so many different variables that make this season. I, I hope we don't have a season like this again. But for what it was, still happy that they were able to play. So Yeah, I'm on the same page with you, Chad. I know Mario and I were both congratulating the players, the teams, the league for making this thing happen. We're not going to rip it to shreds and <laughs> criticize it. But at the same time, I mean, a batting title. Hey, DJ LeMahieu, now he's won a batting title in both leagues. Yes. That's an awesome accomplishment. But to be to be fair and to tell the truth, this batting title does not carry quite the same weight as a normal one. Now, you can't... I'm not going to take that accomplishment away from him, but... I might diminish it just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he won a batting title with just I think like probably seventy something hits or so, which I mean, is cool. But I mean, that's just not enough at bats to really say I won the batting title in in twenty twenty or in or if this was last year, like you know twenty nineteen. If you're winning a batting title, you're probably getting at least one hundred eighty hits normally in a season, and it, it's just weird. Then I can't look at the numbers the same. You know, I, I it, the fact that he won the batting yeah. title three four like. These are like prime Ichiro numbers or like MVP Joe Maurer numbers. And, you know, I I can't look at it the same. <laughs> yeah, when guys are voting on the Hall of Fame, not going to really be factoring much in from the 2020 season. Right, right. And, and, and it hurts. Well, it hurts my Astros for, you know, many other reasons. Obviously, this has been a tough year for us. But, I mean, it doesn't. <laughs> I, I just don't think, you know, Altuve hitting like 215 or 219 or something like that. Altuve always finds his groove in the middle and second half of the season. You know, once they hit right about 70 or 80 games, he always ends up coming alive again. And then he'll bring his 
240 average from the first two months of the season all the way back up to 290 to 300, which he's done for the past seven or eight years, uh, hitting above 290. But I just I can't live with myself with looking at Jose Altuve, who, yes, there's so many other allegations, but I'm sliding that under the rug. I can't live. <laughs> I, I, I still can't live myself with Altuve's uh, 2020 batting average being 219. That I that that does not do any justice for him at all. Yeah, this is from a couple days ago. Jose Altuve. This was at the time, 215. Oh, uh, Yuli Gurriel <laughs> batting 240. Uh. George Springer 258. Alex Bregman 240. Carlos Correa 257. Josh Reddick 238. <sighs> See, almost, I want to say four out of those. Not so yeah. good when you don't have those trash cans. <laughs> hey, oh, hey, yeah. hey, 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 hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, what, another thing is that I think, but, you know, besides Reddick and Yuli, uh, the rest of those guys did not play a full 60 games. They, you know, most of them only played about 40, uh, 40, 45 maybe, because a lot of those guys were injured uh, throughout the season. And so, um, that's and people aren't going to acknowledge that because I I think that's fair. They don't have to because the Astros did cheat, uh, but uh, they're not going to acknowledge that. You know, this is really only a forty game, so this is really in a traditional season. This would be your bad average going into the month of May or ending the month of May. But right. yeah, not not good. I, I I know exactly what post you're talking about. I I think it was on like a, a picture thing where. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere, I, th- I think I saw it on Facebook where it compared their 2019 batting averages to their 2020 batting averages. They had average. a lot of, uh, it was like 16, 17, 18, or maybe it was 17, 18, 19, and then 2020. Mm. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Brutal. But, no, Chad, you're right. I mean, it's it's a small sample size, but yeah. it's just funny. I think yeah. everyone's having fun with it. Oh, it's it's so fun. <laughs> we got to preview these matchups. We're already half hour into this thing, <laughs> and we only have so much time. We are getting set. Tomorrow, we have four American League playoff games. And then Wednesday, oh my goodness, eight games. And potentially another eight games on Thursday as well. This is going to be March Madness <laughs> baseball's, baseball's version of March Madness, where you got games on all day long. You're going to be double screening, and at some points, triple screening. If you have that three, it's going to be just unbelievable awesome week here so we need to start previewing some of these matchups and we'll go in order of appearance chad your houston astros play the first (laughs) game tomorrow against (laughs) they're going to be on the road all three games in minnesota what are your thoughts on this matchup going into it i think our best chance uh to get past the twins uh, is going to be game one because we do have Zach, uh, the Astros have Zach Grinky who has kind of flown under the radar in terms of his actual pitching performance, but really from inter- an entertainment perspective, he's been one of the most fun players to watch. I'm not sure if you've seen some of just the weird little things that he's done uh, throughout the season, like sitting on the side of the mound uh, or just, you know, just uh, calling his own pitches in front of the batter than getting an out, like just different things like that. But uh, the problem is, uh, the twins, of course, I believe uh, in game one, are, aren't they sending um, Kenta Maeda? Kenta Maeda, yeah. I, and he, He's had a great year. Year, I mean, Cy Young caliber, obviously. And so 
and you know, and that's good when when you have a pitcher like that, especially with a great young core of Minnesota, and you have a pitcher like that who has uh, had a really good season. He's going to continue to have that momentum carrying into the playoffs, and so not to mention they have the first game, and so it's going to be a very tough game to win. And I think people overlook how deep the Astros rotation is, uh, just because we don't have three Cy Young caliber pitchers. Uh, available. We don't have Garrett Cole, and the Astros also don't have Justin Verlander, who's getting Tommy John. We don't have those two front-running pitchers who are guaranteed to win, you know, games one and two. But still have Lance McCullers Jr. Uh, still have several other starters that can keep them in the games. But the key is just going to be the bullpens uh, for both of these. But more importantly for the Astros, which unfortunately the Astros, I believe, have the set. They had uh, t- as of two weeks ago, they had the second most. Uh, extra inning losses in all of baseball. So wow, yes, I, I believe the Angels just had more, um, if I'm not mistaken. But so yeah. it, it's tough. Game one, I think Houston will be able to compete, but you know, for the rest of the series, it's going to be very tough for the Astros. Yeah, I don't feel very good about the Astros here. But obviously, here's the thing: this is why it's going to be so tough. We're going to see what kind of outcome we get in this wild card format. And I think if let's say the Dodgers go down to the Brewers, then we'll never see something like this again. We'll never see a three game series because (laughs) a season should not like if you win your division, your fate should not lie in the hands of a two out of three series. It just shouldn't be that way. The Astros are the only team in the (laughs) league that entered the playoffs with a losing record. And Based on, again, this is where it gets kind of strange. They have some weird seeding rules. So if you are in second place in your division, you're guaranteed a top six seed. I don't necessarily know why they created that rule. <laughs> so now they're playing the Twins in uh, in this series. But I like the Twins here. I think that the Twins obviously have the ability to score a lot of runs. And let's be frank, the Astros pitching staff is not what it was a year ago. You said it yourself. Those guys strike out. Those those guys would strike out so many guys. I think the Twins are going to hang a lot of runs on them. I think Greinke's going to keep them competitive. I could see that game being uh, really close. I'm going to go Twins in two. I think it'll be over quick. Mm. It's weird to call a series in two. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and and, I mean, that's another thing. The Astros actually have not yet... Uh, released their starter for game two uh and so in game three implying that they wouldn't make it but um who knows (laughs) especially with your take but um but yeah i mean yeah you know i i would not uh be surprised if that is the case i think grinky will keep the astros in the game but the astros offense struggled a lot uh this year and twins um you know they they still put up a decent amount of runs this year twins did have um phenomenal pitching staff and so i mean you know the, the Twins on paper have huge advantage over the Astros, but it's you know if the Astros really have this postseason experience that they've had in the past couple of years, then that will be the one thing that drives them through this three game series. Yeah. So what's your pick, Chad? Um, unfortunately, I would I'm going against the my own team just Whoa. given the circumstance of of, of the injuries, <laughs> but I'm 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 gonna say uh, Twins three. Uh, they'll take they'll take the second games. Yeah, I could see that. All right, and they winner of this series is going to play the winner of the White Sox at the Oakland Athletics. And now here's what's crazy to me, Chad. 
one of there's a 75% chance not not technically but let's just say 75% chance mm-hmm. that the Twins, the White Sox or the Oakland A's are playing in the American League Championship Series. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, seriously. I you know, I don't think any of us would would have believed that, you know, prior to all this uh, you know, this different bracket style and everything, but that is so strange. And it's the, the strangest thing is that the White Sox are one of the best teams in all of baseball, and they're still the number seven team, and they have to face a very tough and gritty Oakland Athletics team. So, I mean, I you know, they kind of got the shorter end of the stick just looking at how well they the White Sox play. And so that's going to be a very good series. I could easily see uh, the A's or the Sox cruising through um you know the wild card divisional rounds and then finding themselves in the yes i could easily see one of those two teams i could too and this is gut check time for the a's because look i love the a's they're a great story every year and i picked them to win the al west this year and i guess i was correct i also picked the another team that we'll talk about a little later in the american league east another small market team to win their division as well and Here's the thing. Moneyball's a great movie. They're a great story. I'm about to start reading Moneyball, mm. and I'm always wowed with what Billy Bean accomplishes year in, year out. But they have not won in the playoffs in the 21st century. They've only won one playoff series since the start of the millennium. They've been there several times, and obviously that's a huge accomplishment to win divisions and to get into the playoffs, especially with their financial limitations, some of the limited resources that they have. But I think that this is a series that they absolutely need to win. They had the second best record in the American League this year. They're playing a White Sox team that really is limping into the playoffs. The White Sox had an unbelievable year, but have just been ice cold down the stretch here. They lost, I want to say, seven of their last eight games or eight of their last nine. This is a series that the A's really need to win. And I would say for the White Sox, the fact that they're playing the A's, a team that has found ways to lose in the playoffs, I, I think I would rather play them than a team like the Twins, honestly. Although they've lost plenty of playoff series too, which is why it's crazy that one of these teams will likely be in the American League Championship Series. And the Sox haven't been in the playoffs in 12 years. Right. I mean, yeah, I think that is just quickly touched on the Astros. The one advantage is that they're, uh, the Astros are in the same bottom half of the bracket with those three teams, as you mentioned, Twins A Sox, yeah. who don't have as much postseason experience, uh, you know, prior to 2000. So I think that's the one advantage that the Astros do have. But, you know, uh, but the Astros, I mean, too, uh, the A's were, very, the A's had a great season, but again, uh, you just don't know what they're going to do uh, because they still have a very young team with a lot of inexperience uh, or no experience for most, you know, playoffs. So, this is going to be weird. It's going to be really strange. And yeah, I really don't know what to expect. <laughs> yeah, I don't know which way this is going to go. Uh, Jesus Lazardo is set to start game one. And Chris Bass, a great mm. year. He's going to start game two. White Sox side, they've got Giolito, Keuchel, and then I would have to think that they're going mm. to throw Cease in game three. But 
He also didn't pitch great the other day, but that's okay. Even if the Sox lose this game, you got to give those guys those reps and those opportunities in the playoffs, the young guys, so that way next year when you come back, they'll have some playoff experience to build off of. I really don't know which way I'm going to go with this, Chad. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I would say that I think if you look at the two lineups uh, or rosters for Oakland and Chicago, the A's have, you know, more veteran players. Uh, I mean, the core of the Sox, you're looking at, you know, three to five players who are in, you know, their first three seasons. Like, you know, with Eloy Menes, Tim Anderson. Yeah. Um, Tim Anderson, and this is fifth year, but yeah. It's, it's fifth year. Okay. Still, uh, he's, but, he's uh, young. Exactly. He hasn't played so, in the playoffs before. Right, exactly. So, I mean, it's I, – I think the A's on paper would have an advantage, but again, this is going to be weird. So – uh, I, I'm gonna have to. If I were to have to pick uh, the winner of this series, I would, I would have to say Oakland. But Chicago could surprise us and swing back around and sweep them in two. So, but I would say Oakland in three. Yeah, I think the Sox are good, definitely going to win the Keuchel game, and so I think the big opportunity would be to come out in front mm-hmm. and to win Game One. Maybe getting this day off will help them regather, but. Oh, gosh, it's hard. This is a really hard one for me to pick because I like both these teams, but I also don't have the most confidence in either team. <laughs> so right. I, they're definitely going to win game two. Game three, yeah, it's it's definitely going to three. Oh, gosh. I just don't really like what I saw out of the Sox this weekend. I thought they were going to get it out of their system last week, and those struggles lingered on into the weekend it's just not a good way to end your season so i guess i'll go with the a's here but i think the Sox are going to play three playoff games here and it's going to suit them extremely well going into 2021 next year they have to be the favorites to win the american league central oh yes i was and i was going to mention i think the Sox are the future of that central division which for so long it's been cleveland and you know i guess the past two years a little bit of the twins but i the the Sox are definitely the future they're taking over that central division i think for uh for the immediate future but yeah i i would say oakland still but i think the Sox uh, have a very high ceiling over these next few years and this will be a good experience from these younger guys yeah i will begrudgingly go oakland here and uh <laughs> but this Sox team's been a lot of fun to watch i've watched them more than any other team this year okay in the the next matchup, we have on the other side of the American League bracket, the Toronto Blue Jays at the Tampa Bay Rays. Chad, I absolutely love this Rays team. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm in love with this Rays team. Honestly, I, uh, <laughs> I I did not expect them to finish seated as number one in the American League, but they they did it. Uh, they did it with. Uh, so many new pieces to their roster. They did it with uh, a lot of challenges that they had to face in the offseason, but in, in they did it in a very tough division as well. Uh, coming out of the East, I mean, you have three teams from the East in the playoffs, and so uh, I think that's just pretty evident of itself. That I mean, that's They came from a very tough division and absolutely dominated with players who are very young. Um, I mean, I think obviously Blake Snell, you can give a lot of praise to him, and, and Brandon Lowe as well. A lot of praise to him kind of leading that clubhouse, but I love this Rays team. I I love, you know, similar to Oakland, I think the Rays uh, kind of have that same grit that 
the athletics play with once they come around every you know couple of years or so. But I, I really love this Rays team. Yeah, the difference between the A's and the Rays, the Rays really have uh, made bigger dense playoffs than the A's have, at least mm-hmm. over the course of the last 20 years. And really, the Rays, it's only been the last 12 years, the last 13 years, when they made it in 2007 right. or... Two, no, it's 2008. And yes. since then, they really... I mean, they've made it... They've played in a World Series. They've won other playoff series. They've won wild card games. The A's, their only playoff victory... This uh, millennium was in 2006. So mm. I'm actually, I think I'm talking stuff into the White Sox. I changed my mind. I will go with the White Sox. <laughs> okay. Uh, but okay. I'm also going to go with the Tampa Bay Rays, and mm. I think it'll be real quick. I think it's only going to last two games. Toronto's been a good story. They have a, a nice pitching staff that can make it both games competitive, but I just think the Rays are the best team in the American League. Mm. I, I would agree with you. I think Toronto is a great story, but again, the core of their lineup is all guys who are in their first couple years of the season with, yeah. I mean, you know, Bichetti, Biggio, uh, kind of uh, uh, Vlad, well, Vlad Jr. kind of, and, and, you know, a couple other players that are still so, so young. And so I don't think uh, their experience will translate well to this uh, more experienced Rays team, but I, I'll say Rays in two. I, I, I would definitely agree with you on that. But I think the more interesting and the the toughest, you know, two powerhouses are going to be the Indians and the Yankees on the other side of that top half of the bracket. I select the Rays, and I guess next week I'll talk with Joey Ricotta because I I expect to see the Rays in there. You and I both expect the Rays to be in there against the winner of this Indians-Yankees series. I will say quickly about the Rays before we chat about this other American League matchup. I am a big fan of the A's or the Rays. Um, obviously, they have an outstanding bullpen, but I think they're starting pitchers. That just that one, two, three is Snell, Glassnow, and Morton. And I know Glassnow and Morton, neither of them had particularly great years. Uh, Glassnow was pretty good, but Morton not so much. Charlie Morton's been an excellent pitcher in the postseason. I think that three is as good of a one, two, three as any team has in the American League. I, I would agree with you. That's why you know I don't even think that uh, I'm, I'm assuming would probably start Morton game three. So I don't even think they would need. He probably yeah. won't even see any action until I think the sec the ALDS. Yeah. So that would be good, and, and yeah. maybe they could start him in game one. Um, but if they make it the ALDS, but yeah, I would agree. I I think the Rays pitching is going to be very good uh, against this younger Blue Jays team, and so yeah, I think it's going to be a quick series. And also, that dome is a really great home field advantage mm-hmm. for a series with no fans. Yes, it's just the it's really hard to catch fly ball <laughs> that dome. So yes, <laughs> <laughs> I, yes, we have as our final American League matchup the Yankees and the Indians, and this one it seems this is probably the one that you are most excited about in the American League, Chad, in the round one? Absolutely. Yeah, even more excited about uh, the Astros series. I think I'm more excited about this one because you have you know, fantastic pitchers on both sides, lineups you know, from one to nine who can uh, get on base and score. And so, uh, you know, in fi- finally the Yankees, um, their core pieces are back and healthy for the most part. And the Indians pitching staff has just been a phenomenal story. So... Uh, and led by Shane Bieber as well. So I mean, this I this is going to be a very exciting, tough series. The thing is, I think one of these teams will play Tampa Bay, and I think one of these teams, the Indians or the Yankees, 
will find themselves in the ALC. I, oh. I, I, I do think that. Um, I again, I, I love Tampa Bay, but I think just with the experience that the Indians, the Yankees, their pitching and their lineups as well, their powerhouses, and I think that will trump the kind of the magic that Tampa Bay has in 2020. But still, I, I think this is going to be one of the most important series to watch on the American League side. This team, these these teams have faced each other at least a couple of times over the last few years mm. in the postseason. I know they did in 2018 and uh, 2017, I believe. Right? Or was it last year that they met? I know in 2017 they met and the Yankees ended up winning that series in five. And that was the year that the Indians had that 20-game win streak. Yeah, I, I believe it was last year that the because the Astros played the wild card team last year. So, um, yeah, so I believe uh, in the ALDS, it was Cleveland and oh, New no, York. Oh, no, it was uh, or, the Twins, actually, were or the, last oh, year. The, twin, the Twins, so yes. So it must have been 2018. I, I feel like these teams have matched up at least a couple of times. I'll yes. fact check that. <laughs> yes. Okay, you were, okay, I was thinking the same thing. The, the Indians and the Twins are kind of similar so, <laughs> in, in some ways. But, yeah, I, wow, I got them completely mixed up, too. You're so right about that. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they have met in the postseason before. Uh, Cleveland, the last few times that they've made the postseason, haven't they? Haven't I don't think they've won a playoff series. Yeah, they definitely haven't won a playoff series since making the World Series trip in 2016. <laughs> so we'll see what we have here in this series. But if you had to take starting pitchers based on what we've seen, I mean, the top three with the with the Indians, that's Bieber, Plesak, and uh, Carrasco. Those three guys versus Cole, uh, Tanaka, and then I guess the Yankees haven't named their number three starter. I don't know if it'll be Hap or Mm -hmm. Montgomery, but I would go with the Cleveland Mm -hmm. pitching staff. See, I, I I think I would actually go Yankees. I would go with their their offense. Uh, I think you know Cleveland. Well, just pitching staff is what I'm talking about. Starting pitchers. Oh, oh, in, in terms of which pitching staff is better. Yeah, start for those three. Which which starting pitchers would you rather have? Oh, oh I, I think I would rather have uh, Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. I, I would rather have Cleveland um, starting and pitching. Bullpen, and, you know, Garrett Cole. Bullpen, yes. you'd probably rather have the Yankees, right? Abs- absolutely. And I think that will be the big key for or you know the big advantage that they have is, as well as their offense. I think the Yankees are going to put up a lot of runs. Uh, you know, if Shane Bieber can't go seven or eight innings, then I think that's when the Yankees will take over the game. And the Yankees are also so good getting on top early. In the first couple, three or four innings, the Yankees uh, regularly will score, you know, five to six runs. And so I think that um, if, if they happen yeah. to catch one of these really fantastic starters from Cleveland off just a little bit, then I think the Yankees are – and that's why I, I would take the Yankees in this series is because – uh, they can jump ahead early, and they're going to have a second half advantage of the games, anyways. So I, but but in terms of starting pitching, Cleveland I think still has better staff. Yeah. So you would go Yankees in three. Is that what you're thinking? I yes, I would go. Yes, I would go Yankees in three. I think uh, I I really can't tell you who's going to win Game One because Garrett Cole, he's still Garrett Cole, and he, he still had a pretty good year. And obviously Shane Bieber, the triple crown winner, pro- probable Cy Young winner, I think uh, will have a great game. But it just if the Yankee hitters can uh, can score like they usually do, then you know, I you know I I think the Yankees uh, if they win Game One, they'll win Game Two. 
but if not, then this will be a three-game series that I think the Yankees will take. And this series is in Cleveland. Cleveland Indians went on a run here to end the season. Now, the Yankees got hot, but they actually cooled off a little bit before coming into the playoffs. So Cleveland is a mm-hmm. team with a little more momentum. Man, this is really, really close. I'll go with Cleveland. I think it'll be interesting if we disagree here, Chad. So I'll go Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> but Cleveland does not, I don't feel so comfortable uh, picking them because for that same reason, they haven't, uh, I know it was, it was four years ago. It's not like it's been an eternity ago, but the Yankees have been in these spots much more than the Indians have over the last few years. And the Yankees have won more playoff games as a result. I would rather see an Indians raise uh, ALDS. I think that'd be way more interesting, but I still have to go with my gun. I think the Yankees are putting themselves playing the Rays. In, in a yeah, weeks. I think that'll happen too. Okay, Chad. National League. Now, this is a little more in my wheelhouse. I saw more National League here. And I, unfortunately, mm. they brought the stupid designated hitter into the National League. And oh, gosh. <laughs> just, it was like, gosh. It was like the American League all over again. But um, National League, game one on Wednesday. This is one that I, I'm nervous about the Atlanta Braves. The Braves are at home. And they are facing the Cincinnati Reds. Chad, here's the thing. Again, we're talking about momentum. The Reds just, oh my goodness, went on a huge run here at the end of the season. They're red hot. They're finally playing like the team that Jordan Morandini and I said they could play as. Here's the big difference, I think, in these games. Again, you talk about teams that haven't won the playoffs. Braves haven't won a playoff series since 2000. It's been a long time. Mm. They haven't been winning many playoff series. And I like this Braves team a lot, but last year, their starters in the playoffs, Mike Fultonavish, Mike Soroka, Dallas Keuchel, all gone. That leaves big shoes to fill for this staff. Max Fried has had an outstanding year, Cy Young caliber season in the National League. Max Freed. I think this is an op- again similar to the White Sox. This is a good opportunity for some of these young pitchers that the Braves have to get um, you know some reps in the postseason here, some up better for next year. But I mean, you might be looking at Ian Anderson game two, mm. Bryce Wilson game three, right. or uh, Kyle Wright game three. None of these guys have ever started a postseason game before. Yeah, I, I am a little nervous for the Braves. I think uh, in w- when I first think of the Braves, especially with the departure of those three pitchers from their previous uh, playoff appearance, I mean, I, I want to, I wish I, I could say that you know Freddie Freeman, all their young stars that they have, uh, you know, really hold that team together. But I just don't know if they will. Uh, and it, when especially Freddie didn't hit in the playoffs last year. Fr- Freddie, yeah. It, Exactly. And so, and especially when, when you have Trevor Bauer, I believe he's, I would assume he's probably taking game one. I didn't officially check, but yeah, he uh, is. He is. And so, um, I mean, he's, he will get into some of these Braves hitters heads. <laughs> he will, <laughs> which he is, he is so funny. Uh, but, <laughs> but he does it with a purpose. And I think if the Reds gain this momentum, I believe they're playing in Atlanta, but if, if, you know, the Reds, yeah, gain, yeah they are. Yeah. So if they gain this momentum, then, the Reds could kind of be that dark horse team, I think, of the playoffs. Uh, and especially if they advance, they have either the Marlins or the Cubs, which, you know, again, that yeah. could, that will be an interesting <laughs> series, <laughs> that one as well. 
uh, I think the Reds have a really good shot at surprising a lot of people who, which, you know, previously I thought that the Reds would have been a fourth or fifth place team coming out of the Central. But wow, wow, wow. But, interesting. Yeah, but wow, I mean, they a lot of us. <laughs> I guess I've been uh, high on the Reds for a couple years now, but I, I think this Reds team, if this season were 160, 160 games, and we were just getting started here. I think the Reds would end up being the best team in the National League Central, winning the National League Central. I think they're the best team in the National League Central right now. You look at, again, the way the Cubs have played. Uh, we'll talk about the Cubs in a little bit, but I mean, this Reds team, oh my goodness. Their bullpen, again, at its very best. Now, their bullpen didn't have a great year, but if you look at that, their three best relievers, Lorenzen, Amir Garrett, and Raziel Iglesias, mm. that's again a seven, eight, nine inning guys that on on their game are as good as anybody's, and that we haven't even brought up their pitching rotation, which I think is the best one, two, three in the na- on the National League side in these playoffs. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, and especially in they're come, they're also they performed really well in a very tough division, and. And I mean, I didn't realize this, but I guess the Central has four teams because the Brewers made the last spot. Yeah. So, wow, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I I do think that the Reds have something really special going for them, and so they could be the surprise, the big surprise uh, that could find themselves deep into the playoffs. I, yeah, especially if they can hang, if as long as they can front to keep them in, you know, sixth inning and beyond, then I think the Reds will. I, I think they'll have a lot of success in this postseason. Yeah, and so last year, the Braves' weakness... Now, they got a lot out of their pitching staff in the first four games. And then Game 5, I want to say that was Fulte who pitched Game 5, and he just got shelled. Do you remember that game, Chad? <laughs> yes, I do. It was yeah. over in, like, the first inning. Yeah, it was. they scored, like, what, 12 or something like that? In the, like, yeah, something crazy. It was like, 9 to nothing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in the first inning. Yes. Um, <laughs> unbelievable. Could not believe it. But... For the first four games, all of their starters did a very good job, and the problem is Braves' bullpen. Now it's the other way around this year. The Braves, again, these guys have all been really good in the regular season. At least they've been quite good, and I think that this rotation could be excellent in a year or two. Maybe they're a year away on that, but their strength, the bullpen, they probably have the best bullpen in the National League this year. Yeah, yeah, I, I I would probably agree with you. I I haven't I didn't keep up a whole lot with the season because you know I'm more of an American League. Yeah, you know, I probably wouldn't argue that you know, with what you're saying. So yeah, so I think this is going to be. I'll say that I think this will be the best series on the National League side. I think it's a crime that the game is on at 11 a.m. tomorrow. <laughs> I think that yeah. this is going to be a much better game. I look look at some of these start times. I think this is a better game than. Oh, gosh. I mean, there are a lot of good games. There are a lot of good games, but I do think that <laughs> I mean, maybe put the Cubs and the Marlins in the 11 a.m. time. I mean, obviously, Cubs are a big market. You got to do what you got to do, and Cincinnati and Atlanta are not mm. quite as big, but I think that this is going to be a great series. I think it's going to go three games. In three games, who are you taking? I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Reds. I think mm. a big key for the Braves, they have to win game one. I think that mm. that's a must-win game. They cannot put themselves in a situation like last year last year they lost game one they had a lead blew it 
and they had another game in, uh, I think it was game four, they were about to clinch, and Yadier Molina had that walk-off Yes. <laughs> and uh, that may have been game three. I can't remember. Was, all those games were really close. They were really great games until the <laughs> last game of the series. And so they, they've upped their bullpen. So theoretically, that should not happen again in that regard. But it was a weird series because they fell behind by losing one in a game they really should have won. And I think that that's going to be the same case here that they absolutely need to win game one uh now obviously in a five game series they had other opportunities and ended up going up in that series too to the point that they were leading going into game four but um yeah i think that they a key to victory for the braves is win game one i think that the reds are scrappy enough to come back from losing game one, but I don't know. I, I think that that's going to be a tough ask of the Braves, especially after they've already thrown Max Freed. Now you're putting, you could be in an elimination game in game two with Ian Anderson, who's never pitched in the playoffs before. Right. Yeah. I, I, I would agree with you. I, I think honestly, the Reds could take it in two really. If it, they could, especially if, you know, depending on who takes game uh, or who starts for Atlanta, uh, in game two, I you know that's that's gonna be an important game regardless of if Atlanta wins that or the first game or not. But I think especially with the Reds' momentum, as you were mentioning earlier, they ended the season on a high note. I I really think that the Reds are gonna be the dark horse team on you know out of the entire MLB playoffs. It's good if anyone's gonna surprise us, it probably will be the Reds. I would I, maybe previously I would have said the Marlins, <laughs> but I also just don't think that the Marlins are there yet. Yeah. I think that this is, again, this is where the seeding gets a little weird. So because the Marlins had the same exact record as the Reds, 31-29, and 29, <laughs> but since they're second place in the NL East, they get a six seed. They're in the top six. So that, I mean, you give the position between the Marlins and a red-hot Cincinnati team, I, I know you don't ever typically want to play someone in your division in the first round of the playoffs, but I would think that they would choose the Miami team. Right. No, yeah, yeah, especially if they're more uh, – or if they've seen them more and they're, they're more comfortable probably playing them on a regular season. But, I, I yeah, I would think they would too. But, yeah, the seeding is so weird because I think what Cincinnati finished third in – I mean, but, but that's also coming out of a tough division. But – Still, I mean, I think Cincinnati is a better team than Miami, even if they had matching uh, records. But uh, that's that's the thing. I, I still can't get on board with the 16 team thing with all this. I it's so it's strange. <laughs> and technically, they tied with right. the Cardinals, but the Cardinals had a higher win percentage because they played yes. less games. So again, not in favor of the Reds. Um, but I, I don't think it's going to matter too much for the Reds. I think they're going to beat whoever they play in this <laughs> round, at least not against the Dodgers. But I do think that that uh, well, we can jump ahead to this next matchup here. I think that's a big time break for the Cubs that they see the Marlins instead of the Reds from their mm. own division in round one. Right. And especially with the Marlins being I mean, their roster has changed pretty much every week. I, I again, I love I love Don Manley. I love that Jeter's is you know has a play in this. I love that he's finally getting some postseason experience, in Miami, and I love that. But uh, the the Marlins they started out so hot on the road uh, when they had the departures of so many players from COVID and injuries and whatnot. But 
I just I only think that will take them so far into the season. And you know, the second half of the season, the Marlins really kind of slid the playoffs, uh, you know, just by you know by the skin of their teeth. So I mean, I I don't think the Marlins are in a are a legit team. Excited that they are in the playoffs, but I still don't. I'm not completely sold on them. So um, I think yeah, if you are the Chicago Cubs, you should be happy of any team playing it. The Marlins. I think the Cubs got the best deal in for any matchup that they could have had in this postseason. Good opportunity for the Marlins and definitely a favorable matchup for the Cubs. But I also will say that a series that the Cubs should take lightly because the Marlins have a very good pitching staff and the Cubs have not been hitting much at all this year. Now, Chris Bryant seemed to be heating up over the weekend. I think that's a big big difference maker going in this series. Javier Baez has pretty much been a non-factor all season long. I don't know <laughs> if you've caught at him play at all, but I mean, he's right around the two. He's right around the Mendoza line. He's swinging at every pitch <laughs> in the dirt. Uh, I think Chris Bryant could be, he could be the series MVP here over two games, three games, whatever. But I don't know. I think this could end up being something that the Cubs end up having a little more, uh, it could be a little more tricky than they might anticipate. Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, I think really a, a big advantage that the Marlins have is, I mean, they're, they're going to be, they have a lot of power in their lineup. And I believe what Starling Marte, uh, he might've led the national league. I mean, they also have Jesus Aguilar. Uh, they have several other guys, uh, boys who originally had postseason experience with, uh, with Tampa Bay many, many years ago. Uh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I mean, they have a fun, very young team. And it's very different from the, Cub, the Cubs lineup, really. it's They're two very different teams in terms of uh, time in the MLB in terms of, you know, just kind of the makeup from top to bottom. But yeah, I, again, you know, it's a, I'm, I, this is going to be the most fun series to watch. It would be the best story if the Marlins can get past the Cubs. I don't see it happening, but it would be the best story in the playoffs. I'll say Cubs in three is what mm. I will give my pick. I think that the Marlins can steal a game. I don't think mm. I don't think they're gonna. You know, here's the thing. I've been extremely critical of the Cubs whole season, and to their credit, they won the National League Central. I did not think they were going to do that. Now, <laughs> I do not think they would have won the Central in a 162-game season. Again, just look at their offense production. Look at the way they were playing over the last week or two. But I do think that, again, you, you look at experience, you look at home field, you look at talent and guys who've been there. I have to go with the Cubs in this series. I, I have to. But... I do think that this one could be a little more interesting than otherwise uh, anticipated. Yeah, I, I I would agree. I would say Cubs in three. Uh, if they're gonna, if the Marlins are gonna steal a game, I feel like they would probably steal the second game. Yeah. But uh, but I I could e- I could easily see the Cubs breezing by. Yeah, and that's another thing. The Cubs have not scored a whole lot of runs, so a big key to their success has been their starting pitchers going deep into games and holding their opponents to under two runs. Now, you don't want to be in a situation where you go to extras with the Cubs bullpen. You can't really play around. you got to hang some runs on your opponent, at least once you're able to get their starter out of the game. Right, yeah. I mean, yeah, the the Marlins, they they gave a lot more runs. But, I mean, the Marlins had several games where they scored, you know, double digits. And so, I mean, the Marlins were able to keep up. But if they can't, then... 
you know, it's it won't. I'm, it's going to be tough for the Marlins to get past the series. But again, it would be the best story if they are. But I'm very, I'm I'm still very confident in the Cubs. Okay. Though. All right. So just to be clear, did you pick Reds in two? Yes, I picked Reds in two. Okay. So on the Reds, I have Reds in three. We have two more matchups to forecast here. We have the let's see what's what time's the next game at. 4 p.m. Central Time, St. Louis Cardinals at the San Diego Padres. And Chad, <laughs> got to give you a lot of credit. You were in on the Padres this year. You were hyping them up a little bit. They yeah. have not disappointed. They've been excellent. Right. I mean, I, I I didn't. I wouldn't say I expected Tatis Jr. to have the season that he's having, and uh, <laughs> when this, you know, but I. I did believe in him, and I did, I I can't remember. I believe said what they'd finish second or th- or third in the NL West. Uh, but yeah, I I believe in the in the Padres. Uh, I also hear it a lot from Tim Daly, my the co-host of my show. Who <laughs> I learn a lot about the Padres from him. So I probably the most knowledgeable about the Padres out of any um, National League team. So, but. Wow, I mean, what an impressive season that they've had. You know, one of being one of the best teams in baseball. But being, you know, I think I've already kind of given away. But this would be an easy uh, series for me to have to pick a winner. But then again, just the Cardinals have so much more postseason experience, and so. Um, but I do think 2020, if it's going to help anybody, which I believe I said this, uh, if anybody, it's going to help out the Padres. Yeah, I think that this will be another one that's most goes to three games. Padres still haven't named any starters, but the Cardinals are going with Kwong Hoon Kim in game one, Jack Flaherty in game two, and Adam Wainwright in game three. Mm. Adam Wainwright still going. Yeah. What, what a career. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, I, I don't know how old he is, but he's ageless pretty much. <laughs> but you uh, think, who do you think Card or who do you think Padres will throw in game one? Clevenger? Uh, yeah, I, I, that's what I was going to say. I, I mean, I feel like they would have to throw Clevenger if uh, you know if they want to get off the right start. But then, but then I don't. But I I don't know who they would throw in game two though. I they, they could kind of go with anybody. But uh, but I the thing is, I just think that I feel like the Padres are they they have twenty twenty is on their side, and so I don't <laughs> think the Padres are really going to have to worry about much uh, with St. Louis. But I, I'm I'm still I'm very confident in the Padres. In ter- in, I mean, their pitching's phenomenal. They, they scored quite a, you know, they can also steal bases better than anybody this year. So I'm, um, I'm still, I'm still riding high with riding high with the, uh, with Padres. Yeah. I'll go Padres too. I think that they're just a better team right now. The Cardinals are starting to come together at the right time. So look out for the Cardinals. They, they have the potential to do some damage in the series. I think it'll be close. I'll go pop three. Mm. Yeah. I, I would have to agree with you. I, I assume they would. I'm assuming Dennis, uh, Lamette Dennison will probably pitch it you know, sometime somehow throughout the series. But, but I would hope that I, I'm surprised they haven't announced their their starters yet, though. That's kind of it's, yeah, yeah. Well, they're on West Coast time, Chad. That, so that's give true. them a couple hours to wake they're, up. Yeah, they're still in bed right now <laughs> <laughs> at 5 p.m. At 5 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and our final. Match- is they saved the best for last, apparently. <laughs> Not really. But the Milwaukee Brewers, 
who uh, were able to sneak their way into the playoffs, even though they lost yesterday. That <laughs> they were aided by the fact that the San Francisco Giants and the Philadelphia Phillies also blew their shot at getting into the playoffs. <laughs> so they're here. And, I mean, got to give credit to Craig Council. Once again, this was a team that, while I went into the season at in a 60-game season, they ended up, I changed my pick from going with the Cardinals and uh, when I picked a 162 to saying, oh, in 60 games, I could see them that team with Craig Council. But what I didn't account for was just how many pieces were missing from last year and how many guys were in and out from last year. They had a lot of new guys. Lorenzo Cain uh, opted out of the season shortly after it began. Christian Yelich did not have a very good year. But the Brewers, hey, I mean, eight teams make the playoffs. A team that's under 500 is able to get in. <laughs> but to their credit, they were able to find a way to get in. And they are a dangerous team in September and October. They are, they are a very dangerous team. But I think also the Dodgers, uh, they're normally a very dangerous team in the summer. Yeah. And- just, I mean, the Dodgers on both sides, they're they're elite in baseball. I mean, the most wins, obviously, uh, best ERA in all baseball, and one of the top teams in terms of average and offensive efficiency. I mean, I it just stinks that the Brewers are matched up with LA. It it just it's it's not ideal. And so, I mean, I would I don't think I would I the Brewers are so fun to watch, but with them kind of having an off year. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I don't think it's fair. Yeah. And for the also <laughs> Corbin Burns is out, which is a big loss because right. you could have Burns and Woodruff and now all of a sudden, Woodruff, like, holy right. smokes, the Brewers could steal this series. And like, again, all you got to do is win two games out of three. It's not that hard. Right. So I think we will get at least one outcome that we were all kind of like, what the heck? How did that happen? Like, this is why we can't have this (laughs) playoff system. There is going to be Mm -hmm. one of those series that the better team did not win, but I have to give it to the LA Dodgers. They were my preseason pick. You and I both picked them Mm -hmm. to win NL West once again, eight straight years. And it looks like it's only going to keep going from here. (laughs) They are the modern Bobby Cox Braves, <laughs> but they got to win a championship because that Braves team, they had, they won 10 straight NL East titles and they only won one championship out of that stretch with the amazing pitching staff that they had. Um, <laughs> but they won, they won at least one championship. Bra- Dodgers haven't done it. I think it would be extremely fit for the Dodgers to finally win it in a season that they would have their championship discredited by some spectators because it was a shortened season and there was a strange playoff <laughs> format. <laughs> right. And the Dodgers just have so much more to play for too. I mean, with obviously the Astro scandal and you know, even in relation to the NBA with the Lakers and the story in there with Kobe Bryant and then their sets uh, up to this point of reaching the NBA finals, I think, uh, the Dodgers have so much more to play for and so much more to lose than any other team heading into the playoffs. And so uh, I would be surprised if the Dodgers uh, were outed by the Brewers. But again, that, that's that one series that would be like, wow, 2020 is 2020 because of this. It would be because of that. But, but I, but really, but Dodgers, interesting, they didn't go with Kershaw the first uh, the first game. I believe they're starting Bueller. Yeah. Not this game. Yeah, Bueller... 
will be starting game one. I think he also started game one for them last year, but mm-hmm. Kershaw had a better year. Bueller didn't pitch a whole lot this year. And uh, Dustin May right. is going to be making his first postseason start in game three, if if it were to come to yes. it. Yes. Talk about heat. I mean, seriously, <laughs> he, like, yeah, I love watching him pitch. And I believe, and he was the opening day starter, I believe, because, uh, so I, I was kind of surprised that they didn't go with him, but uh, I also don't know when the last time he pitched. I, I didn't keep track with the Dodgers the last few days, so he might have pitched in these past couple of days. But uh, but still, I mean, Bueller's still going to be reliable. He has, I mean, he, he's been there before. All these pitchers have really been there before in LA. So um, I, I, w- I would I would honestly say Dodgers in two. But again. We don't we don't know what we're talking about sometimes <laughs> even with 2020. So, <laughs> but I would say Dodgers and two. All right, yeah, I don't know if the Brewers are going to be able to score runs on the Dodgers. They didn't score a whole lot of runs this year. I mean, they were they were okay offensively, probably slightly below average, at least comparative mm-hmm. to where they've been in the past. They've had some really good offense in the past. It's hard to imagine them scoring a lot, especially against a club that has the best one to nine batting order in the national league. At least it's either. I mean, the Braves are up there with the Dodgers, but I think with the addition of Mookie Betts, I mean, I just think that they're clearly the best team in the national league. They're the front runners for a reason. I think there's a potential that maybe the Brewers steal a game, but I think I'll go Dodgers in two. Yeah, I mean, again, the Dodgers have everything. Actually, to you know lose. what? I'll say Dodgers in three. I think that Dodgers in three. Yeah, I just <laughs> thinking about the Dodgers and how they sometimes, you know, they they play these things a little close, and the Brewers are scrappy. I think that Craig Council can win a game, and I think we could <clears throat> get into a game three situation that everyone's watching. It's a big game on Friday night. And we'd all just be yes. like, how are the Dodgers in the spot? They got to win it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Rematch of the 2018 NLCS, by the way, which was a fantastic series. Yeah, which a lot of people actually forget that the Brewers made it that far. But One game away. What, so would you say, yeah. Would, if So if the Brewers had to steal one game from the Dodgers, you put it on Kershaw in, in that game, too? Milwaukee hasn't announced their stars, but you have to think Woodruff pitches game one, right? I, I would I would I would assume so, yes. So I would go I would go game one actually. Because I just like the Woodruff matchup against Bueller because they're best pitcher and Bueller hasn't pitched uh quite as much as he normally has. Mm. He's been injured. Interesting. I, 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 I could get behind that, I think. Yeah. And then Kershaw has a big game performance in game two and you know, people are quieted a little bit and they say oh man Kershaw actually stepped up in the playoffs you know ignoring the fact that he's had a lot of really good playoff performances but his shortcomings have defined his playoff existence because the Dodgers shortcomings have defined their own playoff existence (laughs) yes yeah and and hopefully with the addition of Mookie this year uh that just adds some you know somebody with a ring already uh that adds you know maybe a little more momentum or maybe more leadership uh, to you know to the Dodgers clubhouse hopefully you know and I mean he I feel like he could be you know the missing piece and and again also we also forget that the Dodgers don't have uh, a price so I mean that's kind of no which yeah. which is so I mean I think if if price was pitching 
you know, he'd probably maybe a game two starter. I don't know, but I think it would be an easier conversation to have if Price came back this season. Yeah. All right, Chad, we got to wrap things up here. But what are you most excited about in terms of these playoffs? I'm, I'm just excited. Just this. We kind of mentioned it earlier, just how short, you know, especially with these three game series, this creates a lot of opportunity for just for chaos for, you know, an AC to seeded team to beat a team. Uh, it creates a lot of opportunity for you know easy momentum for these teams who are maybe struggling or limping but then somehow perform in the first or second game it creates a lot of opportunity for all analytics to go out the window in pure chance to, to <laughs> yeah. just win the playoffs uh so I'm, I'm most excited just with these three game series you you, you never know because you know base, baseball is one of those games where any team could beat any team uh on any day and I, I still don't think we'd probably agree that three games doesn't give justice for which team is better but that's the beauty of this is that it's going to create a lot of mayhem i think in the playoffs so uh we'll see we'll see what happens with the three with the shorter series in these playoffs but i'm excited for that all right i'm excited too chad it's gonna be a lot of fun one more thing to note and i don't know if uh where we're at with all this but it's kind of crazy to think we're going to roll through the month of October with playoff baseball and everything else going on in the world of sports. You mentioned the NBA Finals. The Stanley Cup is going on. We still have several. Go- we have two more golf majors to be played this year. There's so much college football, NFL, NASCAR, tennis, you name it. All these sports on. It's crazy that it's easy to forget that by the time that October ends, we will hopefully be gearing up for college basketball season. Oh, <laughs> uh, I haven't even thought about college basketball yet because I don't <laughs> even who who knows what's going to happen with the virus and who's no who knows if all the conferences are still going to go through with these plans. But I do miss it, that's for sure. <laughs> I had to play college basketball. I think I'm hoping that college basketball would be more entertaining to watch than college football right now. Which, of course, I miss college football, but. It was. It's been a lot harder for many people, especially myself, to get back into college football just because the schedules are drastically different and untraditional. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping college football or basketball uh, finds its way in the schedule later uh, this fall, so that you know sports will be complete in the year 2020, at least to end <laughs> the year. Yeah, I'm. I'm optimistic. I think it will be. I mean, you can't take away another year from these kids. They've <laughs> right. been great, and give them the opportunity to play. You can always shut it down later if it doesn't work out. But the way that last season ended, you can't just then cancel the next season of college basketball too. You got to play. You got to play. Now maybe they don't start on time. Maybe start a few weeks later than normal or they start in the month of December, but I'm optimistic. I think we're going to be seeing college basketball played by the end of 2020. I'm mm. excited for it. It's my second favorite sport behind baseball gives me to look forward to when baseball comes to an end because baseball ending is always a sad time of year. Yes, it, it is. And I know they recently announced may, maybe a couple weeks ago that the NBA drafts, it, it got pushed back to October to November, I believe, uh, in, instead of it being late October. And so that could affect, you know, maybe the upcoming schedule. Oh, yeah. What's going what's gonna to happen with college uh, college basketball? I mean, definitely will affect it. But um, I'm excited as well because we both followed college basketball quite extensively this past year and, you know, the previous year. So 
that will change the this draft is going to be really important i think for yeah. Uh, Point. for yeah for both nba and college and i saw some preseason rankings come out last week the illinois fighting illini number 4 in the country wow it had, it's been a long time <laughs> since Illinois basketball was that good. Wow. So we definitely need that season to be played to be great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That wow. That that congrats on that. <laughs> well, I'm not even I'm not an Illinois fan. I'm a Northwestern right, fan. That's true, but, but but it's great for basketball to be relevant mm-hmm. in the state of Illinois here and for people to talk about college basketball because you think in Chicago high schools and City of Chicago, Michael Jordan, that you'd have at least one relevant Illinois college basketball program. Loyola had an awesome run a couple years ago. Northwestern was the talk of the town a year before that. But really, other than that, there hasn't been... I mean, a lot of these programs have been disappointing, whether it be DePaul or University of Illinois, Chicago. You could just keep going down the list. So it's uh, no doubt an exciting time. Mm. For sure. Yeah, and hopefully we do have some sort of March Madness, whether it's in March or whether it's in February or May. I don't. I don't care. <laughs> I, I. I just want a basketball tournament. It's been way too long. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you, Chad. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, is there anything you want to plug while you're here, or do you want to save it for next time? Because it doesn't sound like you. Oh, you're you're doing you're writing some stuff right now. You got an internship. Tell people about uh, the articles that you've been writing. Yeah, so I I currently have a sports writing internship with Back Sports Page. Uh, it's a sports media website based out of New Jersey, but I've been covering baseball and am gonna start covering college ball for them as well um, during this semester, uh, or at least through the end of 2020, and hopefully uh, a little bit in the beginning of 2020, but I, I published articles, uh, sports articles, very similar content to what we discussed today on the podcast. So, uh, you can, so you can follow me on Twitter, uh, at Chad Vaughn, C H A D V A U T H E R A N E, uh, or you can go to backsportspage.com, uh, to, to, to hopefully see some great content, uh, some, from articles that I've already out in the next couple of days, uh, that will probably be about baseball playoffs. So, um, yeah, so just stay tuned for that. And other than that, nothing, nothing really going on uh, with me right now. So, <laughs> all right, Chad, check him out. By the way, nice call nice article that you wrote about the improved players this MLB season. Good job on that. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Doc Rivers is out with the uh, Los Angeles Clippers. This, according to Adrian Wojnarowski. Oh, this is breaking news. I- Oh, I see it. Wow. Yeah, on the podcast, breaking news. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm surprised. Wow. Um, I thought he was going to get another year with that squad. Right? That's in- Yeah, they had a good run, too. But, and, well, I wonder who's hmm, – that's going to be very interesting to see who um, who took over the Clippers or, or to see if Doc Rivers goes anywhere else. Wow. Yeah. All right, Chad. Thanks again, man. We'll talk soon. I appreciate it, Jack. Always good being on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, that does it for my conversation with Chad Vaughn. And as I I just edited this whole podcast episode before recording the sign off, gosh, just realized how bad the internet was for that episode. There was a lot of choppiness. If you guys thought it was bad, just uh, imagine what the unedited version of it sounded like. I apologize. In it, I I apologize for that. 
But thank you all for hanging with me, sticking with it, getting to the end here. We'll do better the next time. I promise you that. And if you want to hear my next episode with Joey Ricotta, and we will be looking back on this first round of the NL playoffs in America and AL playoffs going into next week, previewing the next round, make sure you're subscribed to the Jack Vita show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you get your podcast. You don't want to miss out on that episode. Should be a really good one. I'm excited to have Joey here. He's a great guy. You guys will like him a lot. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Jack Vita Show on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook.com slash Jack Vita Show. Once again, great episode coming up next time. Make sure you stick around for it. Please leave a five-star rating and review for the Jack Vita Show on Apple Podcasts. Would do a lot of good. I'll see you guys next week. And until then, I'm Jack Vita. Bring in the dancing lobsters. <laughs> <laughs>